0: what is up everyone welcome back to another edition of my screen share is not loading teddy what is going on
1: we can't stop snapping and we're going to be bringing you guys a jam-packed episode today we have Patch changes, a brand new meta. The is is absolutely everywhere. He's been battling high. He's actually been seeing some lows recently with just absolutely everyone looking to counter the king. And then we've even got two seasons worth of data mines. And I, I love the revisions coming off the back of our last data mine review. Some of these cards that we had questioned getting abilities. Other cards getting completely reworked, which were cards we called out would need changes. So I can't wait yep. to be able to break it all down.
0: Sometimes we're a little bit smart. You know, we we understand the context of the game. We understand things that have to be keeping in motion, the gears be turning. Like when we saw Elsa Bloodstone the first time, we are like, that's just bad Nebula. No way. And look at that. Now she's potentially broken. Genuinely. Genuinely speaking. But we'll get to that when we go over to your side of the channel. She might
1: be my most excited for my most anticipated card. Tough that it's the battle
0: pass, but at the same time, I know a lot of people are going to be able to get her. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yes. But first things first, as you can see on the screen here, we are going to be going over the recent patch that probably released, in my opinion, a card that went from bottom five in the game to potentially top five in the game yes. in Snow Guard. And, of course, all the other changes that is come that, with that.
1: Is that your own take? Did you hear Lamby say the exact same thing? Did he I see Lambie here's the thing I, don't
0: follow, I, I respect Lambie as a person, and I think yes. he's the fantastic player. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. forget to follow him on Twitter <laughs> I no, just no. so don't. he
1: he also has what's seen as one of if not the most competitive uh, deck building mind snow yes. God it was top five for him Snow God was tied with Jeff for five for him he couldn't decide when to gun to his head, but man i i think <laughs> I want would to start have there? to be
0: inclined to agree I, th- um, the
1: snow the snow guard is the biggest deal it's coming right Mm -hmm. before it releases into the cache which is perfect because otherwise it was looking like an absolute wet fart of a cache uh but now man snow guard looks cool the Eliath cache is looking way better this was a card that had to get a full rework i think to be playable and boy they hit it in all the right ways
0: Yeah, and of course, we'll be going over Loki in the recent discourse in regards to uh, our wonderful little trickster friend. And I think we got some interesting takes on it, and uh, maybe not as spicy as you guys might consider. Who knows? I don't know what your opinion is, so we'll fucking get there. Um, But are you ready? Are you ready to talk about the first card, which I did not expect as a a buff uh, or even a rework, I guess, in a short way. Yeah, It's Blade, and I'm really happy to see our friend get some love here, and it's a very simple change. Now, Glenn already said, because someone asked him, oh, are we going to make all of the discard cards targeted now? Uh, He said, no, we're going to keep Swordmaster the same as he is for now. It's just Blade was in a particularly rough spot, and we think he is better than uh, how he's been being played as, and I really do enjoy this. I'm going to be honest, though. The few times I've played Blade so far and testing him, I keep thinking in my mind, leftmost because of the next change. And I keep messing that up. It's rightmost. But still, once you get the hang of it, I think this is a fantastic change. I don't know how much it's going to make him viable in discard or how how much of a buff he gets in that. Though I could see a bit more of a I say this. I do think that the change is gonna result a bit more in his ability to be in decks that have smaller discard packages, like maybe just like a ghost rider in there, that kind of thing, rather oh, than yeah. full-on discard decks. Yeah, keep
1: this in mind when we see the some of the data mine in the future in my half of this episode. But I am loving this. I've played extensively with the blade. I know that it is good for Hella, is making Hella way more safe. I've not tested that one as much. I have run him a ton in just Apocalypse Discard, actually finding it to be pretty even if not a little bit favored up against the loki matchups that i was seeing over and over again especially just these last 48 hours but this is massive for blade being able to get that target also brilliant alongside dakin dakin dropping the shard blade right on the right side of your hand you can combo immediately with blade for the guaranteed pop right there when swarm wolverine or apoc slide over into your hand getting the targeted discard Especially for Swarm, right? Because Swarm has this multiplicative power combined with Modoc. If Modoc is just cutting the one Swarm for two on the final turn, that's so much worse than if Swarm has been hit before, and then you have a four Swarm drop at the end. Like, that is miles ahead, and Blade yeah. is absolutely how you get there. Also, brilliant alongside... So if you haven't hit Swarm in the Apocalypse package, but you did get the Apocalypse, and you have played Dracula... You can go Modok blade together at the end, and it's it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, I was also thinking about just like something as simple as uh, on four, uh, Dakin into blade is a yeah. very nice power swing, and because again, sometimes like we talked about Dakin before in recent episodes when we were going over his new release, and we like that he's a, a gap to bring a bridge together, um, or I should say. Backwards, a bridge to bring the gap together uh, for uh, the both the decks being destroy and uh, discard, but especially yeah. discard because there are three drops were lacking. The deck doesn't want to play Moon Knight because it's inconsistent. You might hit one of your big threats like MODOC or something, or uh, you know whatever, like your your discard uh, you know generators as opposed to your discard outlets. And then when you play Moon Knight, you're inclined to want to play, you know, things like Ghost Rider, but then the deck gets clunky and not as fine-tuned. So typically the best three drop in the deck was always Lady Sif. But when you don't draw Lady Sif, or worse, you draw Lady Sif and your best card in hand to discard your highest cost card is not APOC, it's, it's MODOK. And you're like, yeah. well, I can't do anything. So Daken's great for that. But in the games now where you have Dakin both in hand and Apoc uh, Lady Sif, you can on three go Lady Sif. Then now you can go Dakin into something like Blade to really, like, it, it just such a simple change can add so much more, you know, uh, I don't know, like longevity to the deck. It's so interesting. Uh, this card, and one last thing I want to say about this card before we go on a Spider-Ham. Yeah. Why is it always the discard players that have the most blinged out deck? Like all golds, all inks, like all crackles. The it's hard. insane. It's yeah. always the discard players. They're I think they're literally insane.
1: I thought it would be the Destroy players, but no, it's definitely the Discard players. It's like They've been playing is that there same a, Dracula since day one. Is there, of the beta. is there
0: a cult like I need to be a part of? Like the Church of Discard? Like the 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 church of some of the
1: characters with the biggest cult followings too, like blade mm-hmm. dracula morbius these kind of guys i mean yeah, look, I, I
0: still think of the uh, the deck as just people with swords <laughs> that's a little bit <laughs> and dakin
1: is a person with a sword they had this yeah, energy baked yeah. in day one man how did we not see this coming all right and then the all natural right. predator Two discard has been given another slap on the wrist Spider-Ham, still the 2-2, but now, on reveal, transform the leftmost card in your opponent's hand into a pig, keeping its power and cost. This is a nerf, but he's still very good. Bro, I was playing C3bro today in a single Conquest match. He pigged Cerebro twice. (laughs) Normally, I'm celebrating. I'm like, guys, we got Cerebro in the opening hand. Do I
0: snap pig? Are you kidding me? It was nuts. Yeah, for people, there is a lot of people, um, and even other content creators that I respect dearly, um, and I'll I'll even name drop one of them as Safety Blade. I love Safety Blade. He works for SnapZone. I've worked with him before when I was working with SnapZone or or did articles for SnapZone in the past. I love him. He is wrong, along with so many people that say this kills the card. It's unplayable now. I think that's that's ridiculous. The information is still massive, incredibly massive. And the ability to actually be more flexible in what you hit, yes, more often than not, you will be hitting the highest cost card. Because the way the game works, of course, as you play your other small things, your highest cost card will shift further to the left. And there's a good chance it's going to be over there. But early on, when you play it and you do hit things like Lady Sif to stop their discard to APOC or Cerebro in your case, or I saw uh, Regis play a game where he Spider Hammed and hit an opponent's rogue on turn five when he's terrified of it going into turn six. And it's just yep. like that adds more flexibility. Does it it doesn't guarantee a specific card to get hit, but neither does Iceman, neither does like Baron Mordo and stuff like that, and this is way better than those cards. Yeah. This has a place like, to be played. I think the I only think thing is I was Jeff. snapping
1: I was snapping more often when Ham would hit something in the middle of their deck, like especially a Shang-Chi. If I was yes. picking that out, then I was super happy and con- like probably more so than when I was hitting these, what was otherwise like the most expensive card in the opponent's deck because we've moved away so much from reliance on six-cost finishers that all these decks have combo pieces just in the middle slough and so. Um, I think that Spider-Ham is still totally viable. I agree.
0: Why, sorry, I cut you off. What were you finishing with? Oh, I was saying the only thing I would I worry about with him is because he's a little bit weaker now. I, I will acknowledge that because it's you go you go from a guarantee hit on something <clears throat> like an APOC in a certain matchup yeah. to where you can aggressively snap and Conquest when you see Spider Ham against like a discard uh, deck to having a little bit more randomness. Well, I worry about the two drop slot in a sense of like sometimes you can only afford to play one or two. Um, yep. and Jeff is going to be the king there, more often than not, for good reason. Mobius um,
1: coming out in a couple of weeks is going to give Jeff a serious yep. run for his money, and like the decks that want to run Zabu are still <laughs> going to be running Zabu, but yeah, it's, it's not giving really Jeff any extra competition or diversity in that spot, is it?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's good, and now I do wonder if the two-drop slot is starting to have a similar issue with the six-drop slot, where there are certain ones that seem far in better, like, more, like, better away than, uh, you know, the other stuff around them. Now, of course, there are things like Angela that, within a context of, like, playing Kitty Pryce, something like that is going to be very good, right? But you're not going to play that every deck. But seeing some cards, like Scorpion, for example, remember Scorpion used to be a top 10 card in the game?
1: Yeah. What did we say? There was somebody that had a comment of, like, oh, when, uh, when I see Iceman into Scorpion, I just say out loud, get a life.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That, <laughs> that was, was like my favorite thing. Like I saw that on Reddit, and I was yeah. just—it just sticks with me. But I don't see that lineup anymore. I don't no. see Iceman. I don't see Scorpion. It's it, now. It's it's curious. Do you think that? I don't think it's bad,
1: but I think yeah, it's just been edged out.
0: Now, do you think that it's something that's like genuinely worse than everything else, or is just it's old news and just that people aren't going to play it? It's the it suffers from you
1: don't see the impact right yes whenever i'm on the receiving end it feels terrible whenever i'm on the giving end i'm like i played four points well versus spider hammer like i got the cerebro i snap and that's gonna stay with me like all day into the next day into the next deck that i build you know so i think that's where it really suffers if you want to crunch the numbers and do the math i think that iceman and scorpion are still competitive cards in slot um Scorpion maybe even less so than Iceman. Iceman's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, Luke Cage getting a little bit of bump in uh yes. play, especially with three or three everywhere right now as the Loki killer, but we'll get yeah, to right. that in a little bit. Next up we have Absorbing Man. And did you see the little blurb that they said in the patch of like their the the developer comment for I'm this? I am glad guy?
1: they understood this was an overbuff from the previous. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well they they said, what is this? An OTA patch? Like yeah. We, we, yeah. So I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I think it's fine. I have not seen that deck at all since the patch. Uh, I think Loki's been a big part of that though. Um, and Fair. the deck, I mean, I'm referring to the Broods uh, the into Abs deck, Man yeah. with Forge and things like that. I still think that deck's probably cracked. I still think it's really good. I got my Infinity Ticket, or not in Ticket, uh, my Infinity Avatar border last uh, yep. one. I don't like doing the Lamby thing of going like, I'm going to get seven in a single single thing. And I'm like, I'll just get the one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I only I only I don't got try the to one. push for too many extras. Yeah,
0: I only this got the one because think... it was the Goblin from the first season, that Avatar yes fuck face boy i love that goblin he is so great because i i always pair him with the i'm outside your house title Uh, and i'm just like yes oh
1: dude my favorite avatar title pairing was the um the new Nimrod that they had the bundle for with mr nimbus as the title i was like oh okay it's beautiful. It just, um, I just read it and I was like, gave it how to do a double take because it just made sense to me. Like, yeah, they put Mr. Nimbus in the game. No, 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 that's some that's a different property. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, this, yeah, like, I don't, I think he's fine. I think he's perfectly fine still. The deck, I wonder if it can run Doom Wave. Like, is there a way that we can put Doom Wave into the deck and that makes it better? I know Lambie tried it and felt like it was worse, but that was before the nerf when Absorbing Man would just outstat you. Being the 4-4 four four makes sense. I think that, like, the raw stats on the the spawning extra tokens and then being able to give those stats through Forge and Absorbing Man was too much. And it was something that would, like, never get worse as well. Like, new cards coming in that was still going to be dominant. I yeah. was fully expecting that they would go to Forge and make him just a 2-2 two two with the plus 2 on his ability. But here...
0: I'm glad yeah. they didn't. I think Forge is way more interesting of a card, and I think that he's actually in a good sweet spot. I think it's just the fact that, yes, Forge into Brutus is still going to be very good. You're probably going to still see that in, like, surferless and things like that. And I still think that Absman, after, as, you know, 16 power in a single lane, is still nothing to scoff at either. Um, or 12, oh, yeah. sorry, not 16, 12. I apologize. Um four twelve,
1: if you just saw four twelve, you play that every time. Yeah
0: exactly and so it's I, I think even this deck better is not, it's
1: not it can't be hit by chang chi so it's even better than a 412
0: very true yeah. so yeah i think good card still gonna be fine it's just more appropriately tuned now do you but think into... one of
1: our new releases will bring it back is like is mobius what they play on too is like a backup plan to make it really sing or something else i don't know i'm trying to puzzle out what might breathe new life because I don't think anyone's actually going to pay attention to it unless something new, a new tool gets added.
0: I don't know. Um, I, that's the problem with, like, the Snap community. They're so quick to drop decks as a whole <laughs> once something yeah. has a little tiny nerf. Like, in the grand scheme of things, I think this one power nerf is not that impactful to the Iron Patriot type of deck that does this kind of shit. Um, but, you know, it's only only time will tell, I guess. But here's the big yeah. one. And like we alluded to, I guess I'm in agreement with Lambie. Potentially a top five card now in Snowguard. I we call him Snowguard now. This this is the up. It is so good. So now, rather than the old way of Snowguard changing back and forth between a hawk and a bear in hand, and all of them being one twos, they made it so that she's still a one two, and then when you play her on reveal, you add the hawk and bear to hand as two threes which I think is phenomenal for a change. Um, I'm a little shocked this wasn't the initial release of the card, like off rip, because this had to have been considered, right? Um, I like think that, it was a,
1: know. yeah, it's an evolution of design, because initially they actually have art for like four different animal versions. And I think it was something that was supposed to like progress every turn in hand. And then that they didn't like where that was landing. So then they went on the alternation and they didn't like where that was either. So now they did this.
0: I think this is the perfect sweet spot. And I think the biggest change is the, for the fact that the Hawk now is able to turn off Limbo on six, where yeah. I tried snow guard pre-buff uh, to um, in, a, in a Limbo trap deck. And it did not yep. work. I was disappointed, so I cut her. But now she's back. It's huge because what it was losing before was because
1: the opponent could anticipate the opportunity as much as you it would get played you were opening up death's domain or you were opening up uh sanctum sanctorum but they would be able just to match you here you can pop in and be able to surprise them with these location plays or again they'll pull the rug out from under the limbo players it is a massive massive update bear still very sad
0: (laughs) The bear is still fine. Like I, I'll, oh. I'll use it. Like it's, it's okay. When? Like on certain things. When are you using this? Um, I do like it a lot still on uh, Savage Land, and I like it on um, the uh, the Monster Metropolis and stuff. Um, okay,
1: so Savage Land, I can understand. We got the one in, <laughs> the one in however many locations. Even the Monster Metro, I don't think I use this very much. One thing that's amazing, Brett. Have you seen this Snowhawk? Opens up Space Throne
0: to four. That's true. Another
1: big one is the duration of canceling on Shuri's lab up against the kitty deck. Which kitty is absolutely everywhere. So I've done this a lot. Where they start dropping it. And then they're losing initiative. So I play a card and hawk. And I get the doubling. And then I turn it off for them. And then it lasts for two turns. And then I Legion And I take it away forever. And they lose it. They lose it.
0: I cannot stand the, uh, the sure deck. Um, mm-hmm. I really dislike it because of the fact that, uh, yes, I understand there's a little bit of a high roll involved. Like they have to have like, kind of like the nuts. They got to go like, you know, you know, kitty on one of course. And then they go into like, like forge into kitty or like Hulk uh, yeah. Hulkbuster on kitty. Um, and then like on Shuri. but like when they have like these cards and they're able to kind of double her up and they get like a 14 or 28 power kitty or whatever. um, yep. And then they just go kitty taskmaster on, on the last turn while I have priority. Heck? I'm just like it's it feels bad. I don't think it needs to be changed. I'm not calling for a nerf. I just think it's the most frustrating deck in the game. And it's I, it for me, it's not particularly close.
1: Conventional control never touches it. You have to have like an invisible woman surprise killmonger. Yeah. You have to have a wave to be able to throttle them at the end. Play it on the very on turn five. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's rough. But Snowguard in general is awesome now there there is still a little bit of uh you should see it coming to a certain extent because you got to play snow guard first to get the things to your hand so whenever i see snow guard i'm like on high alert i'm like what what can they do what can they change what can they stop um and i'm keeping that in the back of my mind every single time now which is good that is great card design that's fantastic I
1: i think that's really even more interesting than you know the scarlet witch that pops out
0: yeah exactly Um, And then to wrap up the patch notes, we have the soul stone simply going into a very easy change. They have removed the draw card on reveal. Now it's just simply ongoing afflict the cards here.
1: Oh, this made me so sad because they had just changed mystique and absorbing man to be able to copy the full text of this card and now they change it so it doesn't have the full text. They're like, come on. I thought that Greenstone was going to lose the card draw rather than this one, but it makes sense to me. Thanos becoming just a little bit less consistent. He was really oppressive when he was hitting his his lockout. Like That, that deck was almost taking on the old Spider-Man vibes of feels bad to play against. So I think he's still good. Uh, it just slows him down a little bit.
0: Yeah, I... It is a little sad on one hand, but on the other hand i can I really understand it, and it makes sense. You gotta hit something with the stones that's that's where the common denominator is right when it comes to these uh yeah you know <laughs> these really strong decks with Thanos uh so I'm not too bummed about it. I love Thanos as a card I'm still gonna play the deck it's I don't think this is enough to be like stop playing the deck because frankly, you know four. Out of six of your stones cycle, I think that's a good ratio. Honestly, I think that's probably the sweet spot. And then the two that don't cycle, one's just a, a vanilla one three essentially that could that could possibly buff Thanos himself, which is very good. That one is the weirdest one. Purple is like doing its own thing. Everything else stone, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I I kind of wish the Power Stone had something beyond just buffing Thanos, but I don't. Too. I think... too. It, or that it was hard. like an
1: incremental buff to Thanos based on how many stones you'd played, Ooh, but maybe that's I would too impressive. Like that
0: a lot, where like the final one he gets to the twenty, but like the you know, but then that buffs Thanos himself as a six drop, um, yeah. and basically makes it so that he's almost never a six ten if you have the power stone. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that's too good. It's hard. It's hard could, to figure
1: that out. If, if you wanted to, like, increment his power, you could bring his power down to, like, base 6-8. Then yeah. you're playing the stones, you go purple, and then he's going to be kind of six twelve range. You get them all together, then you hit the high roll. Or you give him a tangential thing, you know, of, like, if you get a set of four stones, then you're guaranteed to draw Thanos, or you're guaranteed to add Thanos, or something like this. Some other manipulation, rather than just pure power.
0: And, you know, I don't think Thanos is the big bad anymore. I just don't think it. Thanos is not the big bad? The real big bad now is our wonderful friend. It's the trickster. It's, It's Loki.
1: Snap is so accelerated. It's crazy, Brad. You can only be a fun, interesting card for about 24 hours. And then you're the villain. Live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Loki just has to be released for 24 hours. It was wild the evolution this card went through. So I power ranked him as a B-plus on theory crafting potential. I played him for about an hour, and I was like, this is an A-tier card. I got infinite in my fastest run ever in a single stream, and I was like, it's an A-plus card. <laughs> and then I see the Twitch titles the next day. Loki, 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 Loki. I was like, oh, no. I see mm-hmm. the Twitch titles the next day. Counter Loki, kill Loki, anti-meta, anti-meta, because everybody's already sick of him. Oh, Brad. All right.
0: Hot takes only because
1: this is the internet. How good is Loki?
0: Good. That's it. He's just good. He's not broken. He's not oppressive. He's just good. I'm going to tell all of you little kiddos and wonderful listeners and viewers at home, sit on down I'll no no hang truth. on they've already
1: paused they're writing comments we're gonna have to wait a second for them to join us back
0: <laughs> what's that it's called a loop-de-loop
1: um
0: do, do you remember that from spongebob the the tying the, the shoe song they
1: never the only episode of spongebob that i have seen is a 4d theatrical special that
0: they aired at six flags wow yeah was it was it a thing where you just didn't like it or did you have those kind of parents that said you're not allowed to watch it
1: we did not have, what was it on, Cartoon Network? Uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, we didn't have Nickelodeon. Oh, okay. I spent the the first couple of years of my childhood overseas, and then we came back and we didn't. We just had public broadcasting.
0: Oh, okay, I got you. And uh, uh, none of military no friends
1: really watched it either. I don't know, I was in like a pocket of people that didn't care about it.
0: Which I is crazy it, for my age, hard. I know, but... Ultimate meme potential is why I really like Spongebob. Also, the, it's one of the shows that did a better job of sneaking adult humor into it. But anyway, Loki is a good card. He's not broken, not oppressive, nothing like that. The reason why he seemed oppressive is very simple. It was a beautiful mishmash concoction of just a big old tub of bar those of you who don't know what Fubar stands for, it's fucked up beyond all recognition. I know some of yeah, you don't like it when all I curse. Oh, I apologize, gosh, Brad.
1: What are you doing? Come I'm on, limiting myself I can just three look at
0: episode. Okay, look at that. I'm I'm growing. I'm doing great. Um, but Loki resulted in that because we had a brand new card, a very easily accessible card in the season pass, where many people can get him. He features one of the most interesting abilities we've seen on a card in a while probably since haivo i would suggest and there's a lot of parallels with the releases as well so everyone's playing the card everyone's enjoying it and on top of that because everyone's playing the card and everyone's trying it out the mirror matches result in essentially the the nature of loki stealing your opponent's deck to an extent there's a high chance you're going to get another loki so that creates an internal vacuum of that almost needs to be
1: like the Kang cannot repeat himself. Loki should not be able to copy a Loki. I don't know. That is the one that Eh. gets to like silly levels to me, but it, it also, it released into a meta where the going meta was good card decks, which happened to be even better if Loki is playing them for less. So he entered a fresh meta that was ripe for the taking. And now I think things are, are swinging away from him a little bit.
0: And on top of that, they made the, the featured location, Triskelion, which just Why? guaranteed you to have it's a full like hand every day. just like the negative peak again, man, man, man. Like, it was just the perfect concoction, the perfect storm of just, wow, this sucks. And once the dust settles and people have identified counter decks, which we have, uh, I'll give you a quick rundown. Um, I would say Destroy Decks, Combo Decks such as Did Living Tribunal say... and Hella.
1: Do you say destroy? Because I mean, the Loki taking null or death
0: can be sure. really Those, yes, rough. but you have to really high roll. Everything else, I think you get stuff. You don't get enough steamrolling for the typical destroy stuff. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think like that one's often been, don't want to one's... play. Like
1: they yeah. don't want to play a death lock on anything they've set up early. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: Uh, you don't want to eat your own, uh, you know, uh, your collector and things like that. Now, right. maybe your Mirage or whatever, like your smaller stuff, like your 2 2 or whatever, that can see that. Maybe a Sentinel. But for the most part, sure. I think destroy. Unless you really high roll to basically perfectly mirror what your opponent's doing, like you steal a death, you steal a null, I don't think it's that great. But I'll. I'll...
1: That's even better when your cable actually steals it, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, so. There's that one. And like I said, there's combo decks like Living Tribunal and Hella. I think they, Loki, just cannot make good use of those cards like ever. Shuri decks, maybe not the Sure Kitty deck. I think that one maybe has enough smaller stuff Or like, because at the end of the day, Forge adds stats. Um, Hulkbuster ends up being a 2 5. For Loki, uh, Kitty ends up being a zero two that you can maybe get to like a zero three zero four at the end of the game. Um, Shuri easily works, so I think specifically that version is probably pretty nice for Loki. The regular yeah. version, like the Sauron version, I don't think so.
1: Yes, because they get the negative additions of the cards, and your Sauron has had the time to be able to take them away. Yep. I think the two best counters are Cerebro and High Evolutionary. Cerebro
0: because
1: Thanos. Thanos is okay often I mean you're playing like a lot of just good cards at the high end and then Lokis can combo them together in ways you might not be able to I I'm not sold on Thanos right now but high evo so so strong because you have just all these different tools and they're getting the the boring versions of your cards so even yes. though they them for cheaper they don't get the abilities and a lot of the time is you're building up passing energy throughout the entire game and you have these engine pieces that need time to be able to generate their value and just playing them especially if they low keyed later in the game is not gonna be nearly what you got out of those cards. So that's really good. And then the Cerebro is hilarious. Yeah. Watching you know, them try anything and much. pilot a Cerebro 2 or Cerebro three. And it actively makes their deck so much worse. They should not Loki that case. You should play your hand. Maybe you Loki on the last turn to buff Collector you do not want to play their cards. Like That's the next thing, is I think the Loki decks got almost a little brain dead, a la what leader players got memed on being Mm -hmm. before, where it's just C leader, play leader, C Loki, play Loki. Some of these decks, you're going to have to learn that you don't do it, and you play your plan B instead, because your plan B of being a large hand size card generation, maybe Devil Dino, is good. (laughs) It's a good deck. So you, you can be able to take wins right there.
0: Yeah, and I do think that um, be the reason Haivo decks and uh, I think of any variety also Lockjaw decks by the way just big stuff, they can't make use of that um, I, I think those are ones that Loki struggles against because again, like against Haivo especially and I, and I think Thanos to a lesser extent which is why I mentioned it because okay. the game starts decks are there and then Thanos adds the stones, then Haivo changes the cards And because Loki says starting deck, he doesn't get the stones. So he doesn't get like, you know, pre Quinjet nerf stones. Right. And he doesn't get uh, the good high evil cards. And I think that's really nice. Right. And then lockdown in general. So I've been playing lockdown recently a bit in anticipation for a wonderful uh, cloudy boy that comes out next week. So I I really want to try him in a lockdown deck, trying to figure out if you quick sidebar, I'm thinking of cutting the high evolutionary stuff in the Eliath version of a Lockdown deck. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be playing like a Warpath Atuma, maybe Rescue, Profex kind of version, Mm. or Storm. You either lock it out with the Storm and then a big follow-up, or you go in hard and then you lock it up with the Profex and then you roll into Eliath for the dub. That's my idea.
0: I think the Hybu stuff is really good right but it's a little too much to like figure out the right cuts and stuff especially with doom being back right as a five as a five five across the board doom
1: is the problem for Eliath. right the bot beats ties Eliath and doesn't die to Eliath. so
0: yeah yeah the bot specifically yes um yeah but anyway loki's not a big deal we're able to combat them with all these different decks, like the Haivo deck, like I said, like the Loki deck, because you get the bad cards essentially. I enjoy your vanilla cyclops, right? Have fun. Um yeah. and again, like I said, it was accentuated by the entire Triskelion and everyone has the card. Like, do you remember playing Haivo on launch? hundred percent. See another matchup besides the mirror at all for the first like three days? No, not at all. It was it was nuts, man. And you just
1: watched the, um, the, thing th- the thing things bouncing off of the loot cages over and over again. You're like, yep. what are we doing? Guys, come on. Someone's got to play something else just so that we can test this. And, and he got, you know, completely warped out of control. And then everyone got sick of the mirror. And then he vanished for a little while. And now he's back as a, as a full mainstay.
0: And I will add, last thing about this, the reason that Loki's going to be fine in the long run, I think, um, is very similar to the Haiba thing. Because what happened... Haivo was played everywhere because everyone got him. It was like the most bought, most saved up for card we've ever seen with tokens. Yeah. And Wookiee's even more so than that because it's a season pass card. But then what happened? The deck that you saw the most that people were playing with Haivo early on was no longer even the deck of choice. It ended up becoming Lockdown or Lockjaw. The one we saw was like the Luke Cage, like the Afflict stuff, and like a little yeah. mishmash of everything. But now people realize the they honed in on the versions. The same thing is going to be true for Loki. We're close at finding the, the perfect versions. There will be set versions of Loki. I do think you can get away potentially with like a Loki collector package in a lot of different decks, and that probably will be fine in, in a lot of matchups as like a little oh, like yeah. t- small engine. Um, but for the most part, specific Loki decks I think will have solved, for the most part, deck lists, maybe two or three archetypes similar to Haïvo. Um, and then once people see those in stone, especially when someone does well in a tournament with a Loki deck, right? Then everyone's gonna be like, this is the deck. <clears throat> the, the the counters are gonna be much more clear because now instead of just being, uh, it's mostly random stuff, you can now just be like, okay, I definitively know what I need to do. And we already have an idea of what the counters are like we just said. So I think Loki's gonna be fine in the long run. Maybe they can shave a point off of them. A 3-5 is really good, I I will say. The the raw
1: stats on Loki are pretty nuts for being the 3-5, right? Like, you don't expect (laughs) to get too much on the ability of a 3-5. You're getting a lot of ability here for a 3-5. I could easily see him going down to even a 3-3, and I'd still probably look to play him. But it's also going to be looking at what Time Cop Mobius does to it. Like, if Time Cop Mobius was not coming, I think we see (laughs) a Loki deck at the top of the meta forever. He'll be an Evergreen unless they do serious balance changes. With Mobius coming out around the corner, I'm ready to tear up the script and just start over because I have no idea how much counterplay there's really going to be around that card and how much he warps the meta.
0: Yep. All right, well, let's leave... The past behind us, or I guess the present behind us a little bit. Let's focus on the future to greener and brighter pastures. Teddy, where are we going to be going to those brighter pastures? When we go over to your channel a few moments.
1: Oh, the wonderful, wonderful wide world of the data mines. We're back in the mines, buddy, digging up that content. Can't wait to be able to see. We have reveals, so we're not going to be talking the cards releasing this season. We're going to be talking Elsa Bloodstone and the Spooktober Spectacular, and then even deeper into the Marvel season. Uh, both of them are looking really fantastic. Prepare your resources. You will want these cards.
0: <laughs> All right, so stay tuned. Thank you guys for watching over on my side, and we'll see you over on Teddy's channel in just a few moments. Bye-bye. Hey, Teddy. Where can people find you for their wonderful needs of just more teddy more like just i will I will say when to when I went to snapcon recently we I talked about you with plenty of different people there, right, and they all had <laughs> oh, positive no. things to say about you we all had, like had great things to say about you, and the way that I try to explain why I love you so much is you are simultaneously give off the energy of like like um like very chill laid back almost stoner-esque but also incredibly (laughs) energetic and hyper and it's Uh, just the perfect mishmash it's why i love you so much so where can people get more of that energy that i love and being on the show with you
1: yeah thanks man we can hop over to the teddy ninja youtube channel that's where i get most of the content up but i also stream on twitch at teddy ninja 15 uh we're working out a new streaming schedule i've got a Job that I just recently started. We're still probably going to be bringing the Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, but at different times than usual. So just stay tuned. I've got schedules going up. Going to be more careful about getting those things set up in advance. And come hang out whenever we get the chance to be able to squeeze in our snapping.
0: Yep, and of course you're on Twitter a little bit. X whatever. You know, like you just get, gotta We're gonna try and your get phone, better at that as well. Tweet more. Just say. I gotta. I got a
1: disciple under the Bradsifer to be able to build the following here.
0: The 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 cheat code is just. Don't think about what you say, just say things. And then when people inevitably uh, send you death threats, you're like, I did something right. Wow, look at that. <laughs> of course, you can find me on Twitter at bradziffer, as well as on YouTube and all that good stuff. You can find me also on another podcast. It's Snap on Ego over with Chris Bootman Boutet. And if you like magic and that kind of thing, you can find me on Pioneer Perspective. But yeah, we have other news to announce. Next week is the release of the wonderful big purple friend in the sky. It's Elioth, And who better to talk to with us? Yes. Than the founding father. He's back. We had him on a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Time is a construct. I don't remember anything at all, but Michael is back. He will be talking to life with us. How excited are you for a, of course, Michael coming back on the show again and b. Elioth in general.
1: Okay, I'm so excited for Michael coming. This is like out of 10 because my anticipation of Eliath is like zero. I think he's going (laughs) to suck, and I know that Michael is really high on this card, so it is going to be
0: like, it's going to be war, and I am so here for this. All right, well, if you want to see the debate to end all debates, move over Ben Shapiro. Teddy Ninja is going to destroy Michael (laughs) with facts and logic on Eliath. so stay tuned for that next week, and we'll see you guys there. Bye-bye. Welcome back, my friends, to
1: Can't Stop Snapping. Today we are going to be delving into the mines, the data mines. That's right, Brad. We have had the next two seasons revealed with some wild cards. I thought that Mobius was complicated and misunderstood. Ain't seen nothing on some of the stuff that we got today. Do you have any highlights? Something that you were looking forward to being revealed here? Um, Let's go with what's your favorite character that has gotten a new card?
0: Ooh, it's got it's real close between Werewolf by Night or a man thing. I I'm yeah. a sucker for like classic movie monster inspired things. I really yeah, yeah. like Werewolf by Night the show from Marvel. Um I honestly dude like they should do more things like that. It was outside the box, it was different. It, yes. it it felt like they said to the director, "Do good work with Marvel property and not really sit there and like hammer like you need to have this team up on screen and that kind of thing where we kind of see with the MCU a lot."
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Marvel has gone by the numbers for so long now. They, the really only genre benders have been WandaVision and Werewolf by Night. I feel like yeah. other shows have tried to promise genre bending, but then ended up just being Marvel paint by numbers.
0: Like the recent uh, in Secret Invasion? Yeah, well, Secret
1: Invasion was supposed to be the spy thriller, and then it fell flat, and then Loki was supposed to be buddy cop, and it kind of was, like, Loki is on there as, like, I do love Loki, but -hmm. I feel like it didn't quite, the ending still turned into just Marvel, which was okay, they had a lot to set up, but could have been even more there, and then, like, um, Hawkeye was supposed to be uh, Christmas comedy, it was not, uh, and on and on, right?
0: Yeah, and Falcon Winter Soldier was just bad sorry it yeah. was just bad um <laughs>
1: they now, i will say, how
0: could they do it? i this? i loved loki that's probably i think the best one so far and i think for good reason it's it's one of the most popular characters so you gotta make it great and also i think tom hiddleston carries that role so effectively where yeah. even if the writing was kind of on par with like some of these other shows i think he could still salvage it to make it a good fun watch well him and owen wilson too owen Wilson. Owen wilson's fun, phenomenal and, i love it together it's really roles. good so or even I hope semi-series. I hope that Marvel
1: has found their Mandalorian flagship TV show in Loki and that they give it time. Because all these other ones, like, also I think they've completely butchered the miniseries format, but we are digressing hard. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is.
0: But let's get into the past notes. Quick shout out to Snap.Fan and, of course, yes. Guest Gaming for throwing this together. They always do a wonderful job on the back end for these data mines and then putting them together for all of us to view and enjoy. So, and again, shout out for them. And let's go ahead and take a dive. First things first, here is the wonderful... I I love seeing this first. It's like the the most fun little tease. We see the October season next month. It's going to be Elsa Bloodstone as the series... Uh, season pass card, almost a series pass. Same same thing, whatever. And then we have Blade and Ghost Rider variants. I like yep. it.
1: Oh, baby. It. The um, the artists who are doing the card backs clearly got fired after the uh, Destroy month, and now they don't miss. The Loki card
0: back is insane, and look at these. Yeah, and then, of course, oh, we gosh. see a bit more clo- another closer look on these and these avatars. But let's get into the cards. There's a bunch of them you know what? Let's start with the girl herself. It's Elsa Bloodstone. Before, like we said, she was a bad nebula essentially, a 1-1 that kind of grew over time, similar to Nebula fashion. I remember the exact premise of it. I just remember being like, bad. Um, She gained
1: only one if you were winning the location. (laughs) Yes, that's what it was. So (laughs) It was win
0: more and
1: weak and just embarrassing and now she's coming out with a bang. I would love to know Like, how long have they been testing this version versus the previous one? Because it's a very different card identity.
0: Yeah, and her ability is saying, if you play another card to fill a location, give it plus three power. That doesn't seem like it's a once and done thing. It seems like it's a continuous thing. Yeah, it is a so this is
1: not on reveal. This is not ongoing. It is just one of these passive cards. Can't be turned off by anything other than like leech are getting zeroed out stuff like that that are really fringe cases 2-2 base stat lines so even just like fine base stats what terrifies me is the kitty pride right yes you go angela elsa collector and then you keep dropping kitty to this location and she's the fourth card and then she bounces away but being the filling card is plus three and then she bounces back to hand with her extra plus one and she's buffing angela at the same time brad help it's crazy
0: yeah, I think this also. I think there's a way to do this. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how efficient it'll be. But um, just maybe Shiridi will want this as well, right? Um, that yeah. rendition. I think it's pretty easy to fill the lane of, with Kitty Pride in general and just keep growing Kitty in another avenue like that. Uh, it's like a little plan B. That's going to be very good. I'm actually worried about it. Uh, otherwise, I think so, it's a really cool card in general.
1: I think that is just. It's amazing. You get like could we see dazzler could we see some other unique tools here so listen guys if you're not doing the kitty tray like the kitty is a is a little gimmicky right where you keep on filling the location buffer super large to get elsa to activate over and over again if you just fill all three locations then you're going to be looking at a two eleven stat line okay like that is such premium stats to be incredibly good we do have to key off of the semantics here of if you play another card not something getting added or moved so so like silky movement i don't think super helps or dr doom yeah dr doom filling in the location i don't think the doom bots will get the power but the dr doom himself should but then you have mysterio Sarah Miracle filling the board with a Mysterio final play, all of the illusions will be able to grab these buffs.
0: Yeah, that's very strong. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a little nutty, Brad. You know what also loves this? That Forgelings deck, they just put so many tokens to the board that filling the entire thing is not too hard for them, and maybe Elsa is the extra juice, now that Absorbing Man has lost a little bit on his fastball, to make them punch back up just to win on raw stats. Yeah, um... Yeah, I think that's actually a really good idea. I'm a big fan of that. Also, because the Mysterio is synergistic with Patriot.
0: Ah! Ah! We did it! We cracked the code! Yay, Teddy! <laughs> but so yeah, this, this card was spoilers.
1: Really this is my top anticipated card of the month. Um, very excited.
0: Uh, mine is definitely going to be uh, Nico, but we'll talk about her in a few moments. Next, we got Black Knight. This one, I, I like a lot more than its previous version. Same thing with Elsa. Yes. The old one was a 1-2. It just says, when it dies, draw a card. And I'm like, yes. okay, whatever.
1: Um, we said this had to be changed the last time we reviewed this data mine. And it's actually fascinating to watch his evolution because he had this old ability that was revealed, again, when destroyed, draw a card. Or discarded, draw a card? When discarded, draw a card. He always had the discard synergy. Yeah. And then there was a version of the Ebony Blade. The Ebony Blade didn't have stats in this version, but it said if it was played to Black Knight's location, you would destroy the enemy's strongest card. So they've been tooling around with different ideas here over and over, and they finally landed on Black Knight with the text. He has the 1-2 stat line. His text is, and again, a passive, no on reveal, no ongoing. After you discard a card, add the Ebony Blade to your hand with that card's power once per game and then the Ebony Blade has a base cost of 4 and again the stat line of the first card you discarded after having played Black Knight. Oh man.
0: So Black I'm going to give into... a spoiler yep, for my yep. for my opinion on this card first. I think it's quite easily the weakest of the month and wow. overall a very weak card in general. No. I way. think The opportunity cost for a a uh, four-cost something-powered card, it's it's not quite good enough. It doesn't synergize well with an existing shell of discard. There's too many small things to hit, like Swarm and stuff like that, or like Dakin's Blade. Um, Yes, you can hit APOC, and then you get... um, Maybe a 412 would be your ceiling, right? That's super
1: interesting. I didn't realize that. You could... Get the power of the APOC yeah, versus, we'll like, you know, works. Ghost Rider. The, the natural thing that I'm thinking of, right, is that you go Black Knight into Lady Sif, cut Infinite, play Ebony Blade, and then play Ghost Rider to bring it back. And you have two 420s, Well, you have a 4, a 420 in the Ebony Blade, and then you have a 423 in the Ghost Rider. That's like mm-hmm. a crazy high roll. Um, Fascinating. But you could play it in APOC to be able to grab that APOC. Maybe play Black Knight later in the game if you can fit yeah. him in and then get that target. Huh?
0: It's a little awkward because like, I don't think it's a great turn one play because then you're forcing yourself to not have a great turn two play as far as the discard that would go. No, you do
1: that if you have shell. Lady Sif, right?
0: Yeah, and like, I, I think it's just because you want to play it early because you want to be able to curve out and get into Ebony Blade. and The, the, the best thing is to go into Lady Sif, right? Of course... Um, and I do think the ghost yeah. rider thing is nice, and I but I do think it goes into a deck that's a bit more. Mm, I think it just ends up being a worse version of a regular discard deck that is like fine tuned at this point. I don't see where ebony, or not ebony, I'm sorry, black knight fits in uh, with the current version of it, and like maybe slight adjustments. There might be a different version that can better yeah, support yeah. it. It's not. And I do think ultimately it's just going to be worse than traditional discard. You know? It's
1: not going to be the traditional discard. It's going to be going back to the classics, Brad. you remember release of Zabu? you remember what distilled out of release Zabu? Was this good cards discard with Dracula, Ghost Rider, Jubilee. Now with Ooh. the Black Knight, Ebony Blade, I think it comes back.
0: I have, a, I have an idea. I just thought yeah, of this. Yeah. Let's bring back the Dracula Zoo deck. Yeah. With blade being able to target the right side and stuff and like maybe like you draw into your like uh, red skull or whatever and you can discard it after Knight's on board and I have a 4-15 uh, that doesn't have the downside of uh red skull yep black black Knight gets buffed by Kazar you can go into more zoo stuff like before. Yep. I think that
1: might you be can cool. oh, it's, that's so I hadn't even thought of it, but I just really... you can do that because you could play black Knight discard infinite and then infinite is the ebony blade you can have dracula eat that later if you're not able to play it mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could still ghost rider the infinite and then you still have all these 2020s yeah so yeah, yeah that a one sounds fun options. to me
0: again again here's the thing i think it's good i think all the decks that you play at black knight will be fine i will never say a card is definitively bad never play it like even Baku has a has a home somewhere like cerebro 2 right yep I think every card, if you enjoy playing it and you have enough agency and experience with the deck and what you're playing it in, you can win games. That's how any card game is ever. All I'm saying is Black Knight's probably the weakest of the bunch here. And as a whole, I do think you're thinking too much of the ceiling in a lot of these cases. Like, I mean, I am too, a little bit with the zoo stuff. The floor is abysmal. And I think ultimately makes the deck he goes in a little bit worse than the predecessor version of that deck, like a traditional discard or whatever.
1: I'm still totally here for it. I love this.
0: (laughs) I think, I mean, I'm not as
1: high on Werewolf by Night, Nico, or Man-Thing, so he might be my second most anticipated card, Brad.
0: (laughs) We'll see how he comes out. I I think he has a lot more interest in uh, the fact of, like, the build-around aspect and, like, the, the things you can do with him. Yeah, That's really cool. I think that's great. But I think that's also his downfall. Fair, fair. But next uh, we yeah. have Werewolf by Night. And this card's really cool too. I think it's not, this card's going to be just very good in Surfer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Another another three is as punching in. Can it run? So this is
1: our move... Has lost a key data mind piece that we had been looking forward to as we'll explain later. But they have gained this surprise werewolf by night. A 3-3 base stat line. After you play an on reveal card at another location. Move there and gain plus 2 power. Rule lawyers Suffer Calling rule lawyer Brad Suffer, In snap. What does move there and gain plus 2 power mean? Do I have to move there to gain the power?
0: Because Gambit seemed to break
1: this rule, but he's recently been changed to be more intuitive.
0: So my brain initially thinks it should be a gain plus two no matter what because it's an and. If it was a then, then I would say it's a prerequisite-like clause. So because it says move there and gain two power, if it fails to move, I think it should get plus two. However, snap is weird sometimes. Um, So I could be wrong because even Glenn has admitted sometimes their, their labeling and stuff on cards could be a bit better. Yep. In my mind, it should say, if it doesn't work that way, it should be changed to move there, then gain two power. Because that uh, is
1: a... This is like the Spider-Man you know, 2099 semantic battle then. Man, if he gains two every time you play an on card, regardless of if he can move there, then my evaluation of this card is way different. I think he's really good then. As it, if he has to move... I just feel like you don't have enough board space to really realize the move deck dream, and mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be hard to incorporate.
0: I think he just can be as simple enough to go in uh, just Surfer and and general. There's a lot of Unreveal stuff in Surfer already. That's pretty much the entire deck. He's a three three, and if he can just get up to a three seven, just get two Unreveals down uh, after him. Okay. And yeah. Then so he's already so- above curve
1: yeah yeah yeah. silky move i'm just loving the craven spider-man werewolf interplay right spider-man plays he's on reveal werewolf jumps spider-man leaves it keeps everything kind of nice and balanced but that deck doesn't run any other on reveals
0: reveals. yeah um (laughs) Yeah, it's it's mostly a stats deck. There could be a slight rendition, but then this this okay. Now we're running into another problem with this card that I I had with Black Knight. If you take Silky Smooth as a, as a base and like that's a great core to maybe try it in, but then you yeah. alter it to have a bit more on reveals to better synergize with this card, are you just making a worse Silky Smooth deck at that
1: point? Probably, because it's all early tempo, and you have to set up Werewolf then before you're playing Spider Man. But now you kind of just play Spider Man on three as long as you have Craven. Mm -hmm. i don't know and you want angela set up so you're playing spider-man to angela to move to craven and like that's almost the heart of the engine well it's that and silk right
0: yeah so it's a tough one i i do think it might be simple enough to go into a a normal move deck there's no lot reveals there or just like i said a surfer deck
1: how many one-cost on reveals do we have? Because he doesn't have a once-per-turn anything. You could have him jumping around a ton of times yeah. just at the end of the game if you wanted to be able to card vomit with, like, ghosts. I, mean, I guess there's actually a lot of on reveal one-costs. Like, like why not just prep up Werewolf and then drop three one-costs? Well,
0: we got Blade, of course. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh... What are other ones? Uh, Electric. I mean, there you go.
1: Like, okay, so we said Blade Dakin is good. How about Werewolf on three, Blade Dakin on four? Yeah, they're both on reveal. Werewolf jumped twice. Werewolf is now a three seven, and you're on turn four.
0: How has he jumped twice?
1: Werewolf will jump for Dakin, creating the shard is on reveal, and Blade cutting the shard is on reveal.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a cool little
1: package. So that right there is punched up. You set up Craven on two. Are we cooking, Brad? Are we cooking?
0: We're cooking something. It's it's an interesting line. It's just now you have to figure out whatever the rest of the deck is. Do you lean more into the discard stuff to give a good option for Dakin? Maybe you go into Destroy, Venom being able to eat this after he's jumped a couple times is cool. Those are more on reveal triggers, by the way.
1: Yeah. We're cooking, Brad. Huh.
0: I think we are we're cooking something. I I right. this 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 season has so many just build around <laughs> potential. Yeah, uh, I cook. am very excited. Also, come on. It's it's this is what is my name again? What is my name in in, in Snap and like all on, online and shit?
1: Do you just go by Lucifer or do you just stay with the Bradsifer Monocle? Bradsuffer.
0: But like yeah, yeah. the whole joke was like I'm a, a Satanist or whatever to my friends goes into metal. I love this shit. I vibe so hard with the Halloween horror movie monsters and stuff. I am massively into this. I mean, I I'm, I got Junji Ito on. Come on. I, I love this stuff. This is great. Um, so yeah. I'm super excited. But I think I'm most excited for the next, uh, the next card here. Oh, she Nico. melts my
1: brain. Ooh. I hope she releases with a full... Freaking FAQ because we need it. We got so, brand new terminology, my friends. Nico yeah, Manaru, so There's a couple one, things two,
0: that make her weird to me, but I'll, we'll get to yes. that in a second, so go ahead and read her.
1: One, two, with a base on reveal. After you play your next card, cast a spell, the spell changes each turn. Thankfully the data mind has seven
0: spells for us to look at, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's take it. let's take a look at the first six i suppose and i'll get to the last one there in a second so the first one is they're all still one two still her. i'm they might look different this, we don't know yet as this far is as, what like, is bizarre to me do we want to ask our questions now or just read the spell effects let's ask because like the, the basically they're all like tempo based stuff yes they are
1: also so yeah i've seen two different depictions of the data mine one here on snap.fan where we have just Nico Monaro, she has the same base art, same base stats, but then new unreveal abilities every single time here. And then I've seen the snap zone one with actually like Nico Spell 1 and they're always in this order. Does she play the same spell on every single turn? Like on turn 2, is it always going to be this turn 2 spell or is it randomized? Yeah, does, I don't, what does casting a spell mean? Does yeah, she create this card in hand? Does she create this card on board? Does she change her text to the effect of this card? I feel like almost any three of those could be the reading of cast a spell. <laughs> I'm Do gonna I know what this. it's going to be? Can I tap on her like Howard and then see what the spell is going to be? Or is it just
0: hit it? My thinking is this. I think of her, initially, my first impression was... She is Iron Fist with one of these random effects.
1: Iron Fist with one of these random effects. Okay, I I agree. I'm actually I've been explaining it a little differently. I think I've come around to your reading here, where basically here's what I envision. You play Nico, right? Her text after you play the next card cast a spell. You play the next card, then she animates, right? She wields the Staff of One, and then her text changes into a randomly selected one of these, and then you're going to know what it is, and that's going to trigger on the next card you play.
0: Yes, which is going to make her, I think, ultimately not the greatest card in the world because of the fact that you'd have no agency of what you choose. If there's any possible way to have agency in what you choose, this is very good and maybe the best card in the game then.
1: She has, spoilers, Shuri's ability
0: as a one cost. Yeah one in seven times so let's go through these first <laughs> one is after you play your next card it becomes a demon so just a, a one six a right
1: that so times then, could be bad times could be good
0: yep uh so i think this is where i i do stand by the fact that she is a definitively probably even if it's randomized like i'm thinking maybe the best one drop in the game to be played on one
1: chaos in a bottle baby
0: yeah uh, so then next one is after you play your next card, destroy it and draw two cards. Pot agreed, baby. Let's go. Give me a Pot of Greed. Um, and of course, that could be really bad. You probably want to build a deck that has some destroy synergies or things you're not worried about dying on two. Um, like, if you, like play a Bucky. A Bucky yeah, that so just blows seen... up and draws two. It's crazy.
1: We've seen two abilities here where you want to play weak cards in conjunction with Nico, but we're going to see other abilities where you want to actually play powerful cards too.
0: Yep. So next one is, after you play your next card, move it to one location to the right. So opposite of Iron Fist there. Love it. Next one is, uh, give it plus two power. So just a straight Love up it. little buff, Old Forge. Um, replace that card's location. That's cool. So you could play it and then hopefully get it to a Death's Domain or a Sang of Santorum without worrying about it you know, dying or not getting there in the first place. That's Without cool. being able to control this, it's just
1: so random, but could be the game warper.
0: Yep. And then uh, next one is add a copy of it to your hand. That could be very strong depending on the card. A copy
1: of the next card that you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. The force multiplication in Snap is always goes, can go crazy.
0: And then the last one is double this card's power. Like, it's Shuri.
1: Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? So... Like, Thanos might love this for the first couple, but then you don't want to double a stone if that's what pops up. Movement might love this. Like, Human Torch kind of loves all of these. If he's moving, if he's buffing, if he's doubling, if he's copied. Honestly, all of those are pretty hot for a move deck, but then move decks are just bad. So, (laughs) she's chaos in a bottle. Brad, how much do you like just Nico as a character? I thought that she has one of the most fascinating power sets in all of Marvel mythos. The staff of one, if you guys don't know, will cast any spell that she casts by saying one word, but it can only cast that word once in its entire lifetime. So she can never recast a spell. And I just, it captivates the imagination.
0: Yeah. And she's basically gotta like have the most vast vocabulary and like learn new words and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, um, different it's languages command. too, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, it's almost like Command from D&D, which also is one of the most creative spells, but then she has even more dynamic power. Yeah, love it.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this. Uh, again, I'm, I vibe with this. I think she's really cool as a character. I think the effect is really cool. Um, I do I think it sounds kind of
1: bitter that... dirty because she's like super whiny in the entire storyline, but cool character.
0: I mean, I, I think it's one of those cases where I think she just needs to evolve. Um let's take I'll give you a great example Gwenpool her first run or so um like her first like appearance and things like that really sucked before she got her first annual comic And then that first standalone comic, like her first own issue was very good. And then each subsequent one after that really sucked. And then you got to like the sixth issue or the fifth issue where they're like, remember how she sucked before? Well, that's because she's had different writers and she knows this because she could break the fourth wall and stuff and like that kind of thing. And then, okay, that's kind of cool again. So you need to evolve the character and make it one in their own. By the way, if you have not read Gwenpool, those issues, even the ones that are bad, I cannot recommend it enough. No, no, I we're talking
1: Nico Runaways, Bad Runaways, tell us how good Runaways is. I've heard it's really good.
0: Uh, like the comics or the uh, Yeah, the, the comic show. run. I the heard show's that, bad.
1: I, oh, I thought the comic runs have been pretty well received.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the comic run's great, the, but the adaptation of it's not great. <laughs> okay. Um, Stay but, true um, to the
1: source material.
0: Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure the, the the show is like a like a CW type of thing. Not CW exactly, because that's always Woof. DC stuff, but like, I don't remember where it was. All um, right. But yeah, these are all cool characters. I think she needs to better evolve and things like that. But maybe she'll evolve into a freakish creature-like man thing.
1: Take us to the swamp, Brad. Can we get a Shrek
0: variant of man thing? <laughs> hey, I just unlocked all-stars, uh, or Smash Mouth's all-star uh, on Rocket League as a song, so... <laughs> Every time I score, (laughs) I'm I'm a rock star, baby. So man thing is, I think, I will say right now, my most underrated, I've already seen people are saying he's the worst of the bunch. I think they are ridiculous. I think he is very, very good. Not S tier quality, but just probably solid upper echelon of B tier, maybe lower echelon of A tier. He's a 4-5 ongoing One, two, and three cost cards here have minus two power. I think he's going to be very good in a lot of metas, especially against like things like Patriot. He just says, forget your Patriot buff. Get out of here. You're back to normal. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and there are a lot of one-drops, a lot of two-drops, a lot of three-drops in the game. And I see a lot of people saying things like he, needs to, like, he needs to be easy to be played around and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? I mean I get when I
1: play him turn six sorry yeah, baby
0: like why are you playing him always on turn four also Zabu play him on turn six another card yeah, yeah, yeah. um that's really nice so no, so like half
1: normally half your deck is the lower half of cost right mm-hmm. and like a rough average that's gonna be decks that skew way one way or the other like Thanos rolls over and dies unless they have Luke Cage and so man thing just being able to debuff two enemy cards now he will affect your cards as well but you have the forethought of being able to to play around this if you debuff two enemy cards you're getting a four nine that sounds very doable and it sounds like a premium stat line it sounds like on, on a level of what a lot of these other four cost cards are able to do you hit one more card the 411 you're looking great and then you're also able to synergize with the abomination in the evolved um evolved affliction kind of deck so you have a little bit of synergy there looking very happy with Zabu what's weird with this card is like if he becomes just that generally good card that people gravitate toward filling the midpoint of their deck with then Luke Cage appears everywhere and then he's terrible and then people stop running him and then Luke Cage is actually bad so they don't run that and then he comes back and like the pendulum just swings back and forth
0: I I will argue I think that's good design coming from magic that sounds like a deck like a Lotus Field or like just basically just a combo deck, right? Where like, I need to have my graveyard hate or my specific sideboard hate for this particular deck. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks go by and no, then everyone's like, well, no one's playing that deck anymore. Let's just drop that off our sideboards. And then that one Lotus player is like, ha ha ha, and then he comes in and wins an entire event. And everyone's like, no, we have to put these things in our sideboard again. And then the cycle continues over and over again. That's good. It's good for the game. It keeps... In a vacuum, an ever changing metagame that's evergreen. That's great.
1: Good news and bad news here. Man thing is series four, nothing else is. So it's not a whole season of S5s like we have come off of recently, but it's not nearly as generous as this season is. So if you want Nico, Werewolf, and Black Knight,
0: prepare to suffer. <laughs> I guess I can understand Nico being five and I wear all suppose. I suppose they should have two and two every season. Just yeah. get well, just give Black a if they're thing. not
1: going to do because here's the, the tangent, right? Is we've seen the data mines of the caches and null has yet another freaking spotlight cache variant, which means he is still going to be series four at the time that spotlight cache releases. This is months from now. And he, being one of the the oldest card in series four, is expected to be the first card to drop if we ever get a new series drop. And so with Null getting yet another repeat appearance, we're looking at a long time till another series drop, if ever. And that's where the continual series five releases really burns me out.
0: Yeah. So we'll get to the the caches in a second. Real quick, let's look at these locations and card backs and stuff for funsies. We have two new locations, as always. Um, the Abbey is first to put exactly two cards here, draws a card. Cool. You
1: know, I like it. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I like it. Now first, hotel, that's still a... The, so if there's a tie, both players put them down on the same turn, you both will get the extra card draw. Anything giving you that extra card draw, I think is just generally fun some mm-hmm. decks use it abuse it more than others but overall i'm pretty happy with this
0: also i like that it's not like the typical fill this location and then get it like most of them are mm-hmm. i like it's that a it's mid a early number. tempo yeah, yeah so for those of you players that like to play uh, nebula into the unknown third location every game on turn one and this appears you're gonna be really happy um so then we have Hotel Inferno. After you play a card here this turn, destroy the top card of your opponent's deck. So it's a build your own Yondu.
1: After you play a card here this turn, destroy the top card of your opponent's deck. Uh, why does Destroy get all the location love, Brad? Why?
0: It's the easiest to, to probably program and design. But
1: yet another one? Yeah, I mean, okay, come whatever. on. It's fine. It's like actually a crutch for the deck. The deck if they get a good like a single good location high rolls the opponent to oblivion and then if they don't get it then it's like a fair fight it's like man it just it makes me feel bad because i've said this is like a weakness the biggest weakness that i see in the game is that the pivotal game winning play is often not the last one and you don't necessarily know that the pivotal play happened when it happens because like in conquest towards the end of a run both of you are low health this comes up and you're playing a destroy opponent and they just win right that feels terrible but what it means is that based on how like you know locations just even out in general the true pivot of the game was when you needed to push harder in a mid game match or they fought through on neutral locations when really you know like that was that was it and you missed it and now at the end it's like super anticlimactic and they just get this
0: yeah i know i get that just i mean I, you, there's also an a decent amount of locations that just say you suck destroy like anything that's like uh, nowhere um, Wakanda like there's a good amount of stuff that like just says no Um, you may not
1: yeah even space throne hurts them a lot right
0: yeah and uh, so we'll we'll see if uh, if this proves to be another uh, complaint on reddit about destroy having all the good locations but we got new card backs we got uh, your blade your infinite blade with the gold version of it and ghost rider um, I'm not a huge fan of some of the infinite ones lately. I think the, um, the Loki one was really cool. So this season, but like the Dakin one, for example, where hey. it's just like, it's a gold blade or a gold cloth. So the or the X one, that one was like, what are they doing? The, the, the X one from like seasons ago, like the Nimrod season.
1: Yep. That one sucked.
0: Yeah. Everyone loved that one. I was like, do you know yeah. why everyone loved that one? Cause it reminded them why? of like the old TV show.
1: I didn't watch it. Just or like I didn't watch Spongebob to remind everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, the Ghost Rider was really cool. I would have liked to see. Like, I, I I, understand this is probably the easiest way to go about it. Just like have a card back and then an infinite version of it. Um, yeah. But I want more stuff like the Echo one where you have like little effects off of the card back. Give me more of yeah, that. Yeah,
1: because they do 3D elements of these card backs and you can really only see them if you get in nice and close. Some of them are better done than others. And. Um, some of them don't get enough appreciation. Well, it's
0: really only, it's really only readable in game when you flip the card, like you Which click on still, the card you to and like, flip it. it yeah, like, you have to I like forget this thing all to the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they could probably do a better job about selling the amount of value that they put in these art assets. But that's another that's another conversation. I love the fantasy theming. The, I'm going to be a sucker for these. The guy who's doing these or the studio, it's like ADIA, all caps uh they don't miss aces all the way through they do the fantasy art they do the Mm. pantheon art and i love both lines can we please just get them to do a version of every card (laughs) yes
0: yeah these are great variants happy to see them now let's look real quick before we wrap up let's look at these caches so october 2nd on during the uh the, the first week of it where you get the season pass card so you have no new card here it's Thanos, X-23, and Echo. I think this is a great week for people that don't have these cards. Um, Echo's probably yeah, the big Yeah, it's a banger here, week. But x twenty three is fantastic. Thanos is fantastic. Uh, bringing back... Oh, they're bringing back the same Thanos variant and not a new one? Unless maybe this might be filler that they don't have it, it yet. It must be filler. They said they repair. weren't
1: going to repeat.
0: Okay. So I do like the other variants quite a bit. I love X-23 and the classic Wolverine-inspired uh, uh, costume. Yeah. So I may want to get that. I real quick, I'm not the biggest fan of the Symbio X twenty three where she looks like Alien from Prometheus.
1: I'm the biggest fan. She looks like Alien from Prometheus. Brad is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine. It's just like I think that one's a bit more overhyped than others. It's, it's whatever. What?
1: it's so good
0: meanwhile i think the loki symbiote one is cracked one of the best i've ever seen yeah, he's, the details he's wearing the
1: mask and then he's got the mouth out of the did you yeah. play keyforge or ever look at keyforge mm-hmm. they had the house disc where they had like horns coming out of the eyes was like the the whole motif it was so metal that's and then what the, the, the loki's great, giving so. me vibes of
0: so cool week, good stuff. But then we get to the first week, and the first card we get is Man-Thing. And you can also get Silver Samurai and Lady Death Strike. I this think one this is also a decent week. It's going to swing so good.
1: wildly on how much you like Man-Thing or Silver Samurai because some people are big believers, some people are haters, and I think for both of these cards. Yes. So it's going to be tough.
0: Uh, so then we got the next, also these variants, oh, the Cthulhu-inspired That one is Man-Thing is a banger also that lady death strike is cracked and of yeah. course the rion gonzalez uh silver samurai is adorable cute i need a deck full of these cards i love these very they
1: did they did lady death strike dirty in um x x2 she just appears with no explanation and then fights wolverine
0: oh yeah like she's she evolves into a core. Cooler villain. Um I, I think Shriek is another example of a uh, character like that where that's a an old symbiote uh type of um villain for Spider Man that kind of just says like hello I'm here. Um but then gets a better if evol- comics are weird. Sometimes there's like here's Big Wheel and but Big Wheel's awesome. Can we get a card for Big Wheel please? Please? No. Think of the animation where he just big old wheel rolling across the entire field. Not seeing it oh all right next one is you know that's fitting it's a discard week black knight stature and modok and so yeah if you don't
1: have stature or modok love it now remember stature is not going to be the stature that we know at
0: this point in time with mobius out this have you watched the boys at all doesn't this variant of stature look like uh, Crimson? What's her name from um, the uh, Payback Squad with uh, Soldier Boy and stuff? Even looks like the actress. Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, nah, Lori I don't know. Holden. Was the name of the actress? I believe she was in The Walking Dead in the Mist. Yes, Lori Holden. Huh. The boys. Let me pull it up. Let me switch uh screens here so i can show you who
1: has the boys it's like uh not affiliated with marvel or dc oh okay i remember her now
0: doesn't doesn't that look like like even in the face it looks like her yeah they're definitely going for some
1: similar tones i'm assuming that her costume was just roughly inspired by a couple of these other i mean yeah of course um Like, this statue is probably getting ripped right out of a comic run, it looks like.
0: Now, why can't I just change... One thing about the the Riverside was that we're using, I can't just change my screen. I have to end it and then relaunch to the other one. Ah. But it is what it is. I think she kind of looks like... I think in the face is where I see it a lot. But anyway... Yeah, discard week. If you don't have these cards, I think it's fine. If you have Stature and Modok, like you're saying already, uh, it's you know it's how much you think or believe in Black Knight, you know.
1: Then he's going to be Series Five, which means you got to believe a lot.
0: Yep. And then we close off with, I think, the best week as far as variants are concerned. These are cracked in my opinion. I need that Kitty Pride. I don't have a kitty pride yeah. variant cuz I don't I'm not a believer in the wedding one. I actually don't like that one at all. I
1: don't like no, it. No, I got that one. I uh, but I'm still running my storm one. I like that one.
0: But look at this Nico. Look at this Nico. Oh my Bang-a-wang. god. It's like it's like Liliana from Magic. Oh. Like in terms of like the the garb and stuff. Um this is uh this is a variant and I Here's the thing. Over. I love it.
1: I think, you know, with
0: uh, with how expensive this whole season
1: is, if you're going for Fun Factor, you gotta go for Nico. She also has the flexibility to get worked into probably the most different decks without needing you to deviate too much from what you like in the meta. So this is probably going to be a highlight for a lot of people. And then it's just unfortunate that Kitty's already been given out free.
0: Oh, how silly of me. That's not the last week. We have the move week to close out the season. Forgot about Werewolf by Night. Yep. Um, Pop, pop, pop. Silk again. This is great.
1: spider again. If you missed out on Silk, you want Silk. That Silky move deck was not a fad. I thought it would be. It's stuck. It has staying power. Um, Even now, I'm using it against Loki with a wave Doctor Doom finish, and it's good. So I can't wait to see what else we can get out of that.
0: I think the silky smooth deck is a deck that's going to have longevity because it's just good stats, and then it can be ever evolving to fit with the specific meta. Like right now, wave into yeah. doom is very good against Loki decks, uh, where you can get all your early stuff down for like your your big power, like silk and Craven and stuff like that, and then have a big nice finisher with doom. So I, I think, yeah, I think that's a great. There's another. I don't think there's a really a bad week this time around. You know, I, I wish there was. Um, there were more cards that haven't been in spotlights yet uh, rather than all these repeats. But, um, you know, it is what it is, but I don't even know what card would be like, they're, they're not going to yeah, do I don't know. Like, Mobius or anything like that already, so I don't know what card we haven't I gotten. don't know who's getting shortchanged,
1: but maybe it's Iron Lad to get him back around. Like Iron Lad and Jeff were Ooh, so in demand yeah. as like the big S5 cards that were really hard to get, have only appeared once. We're getting repeats in a lot of others. Honestly, Jeff and Iron Lad don't have a lot of variants in general, so they're depending those largely on the art assets that they have created. But yeah, that's what we're looking at, and this next season... Spooktober is a banger, and it's actually great that we're getting these two Series 4 cards releasing this season back-to-back to to help you prep, target which ones you want the most. I think, Brad, I propose we roll our sign-offs, and then we hit them with a bonus episode as we go into overtime for next month. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's do that.
1: All right, so we're going to sign off here. If you want to be able to see the first part of our discussion, breaking down the meta and then the balance changes, you got to check over. And Brad first channel link is going to be down in the description below. Brad, do you want to give them just a, a little tease about the, the hype for next season?
0: I mean, the hype for next season is going to be massive as far as we see for all these cards we've seen so far with a wonderful Halloween theme. There's a lot of cool variants as well. Have you seen like the trick or treat ones and stuff like that uh, with like Iron there Man, is. like a cardboard box outfit and stuff. You have Zola as like a big old game boy. So I encourage you go check out whether it's on snap. Fan, like we're looking here or snap zone. If you want to see these wonderful variants and check them out next season is going to be massive. I think it's my most anticipated season so far in the entire game. Uh, but I'm also just a slut for the aesthetic that is what Halloween is. So, of course. How can hey, I not? Yes. But I think that's going to do it for us here. And our, I can't wait to even get into the bonus episode later for the wonderful November cards. So. Stick around for that if you can be so inclined. We'll get to that when yes, we Yes, it is
1: headlined by the card that we gave main character energy as a potential free release for everybody. Turns out she's just going to lead her own season, which we're perfectly okay with. Exciting abilities. Till next time, thank you guys all for watching. Keep on snapping.
0: Bye-bye. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast hosted and produced by Brad Saffer and Teddy Ninja originally created by Michael Thurman